Welcome to the Uncomplicating Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, and certified integrative nutrition, health, weight loss, and mindfulness coach. I'm passionate about teaching women how to balance being busy and healthy without complicated rules or restrictions. On this podcast, I'll be simplifying weight loss concepts and mindset shifts so that you can be confident in your curves. It won't always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to remind you of the free weight loss resources that I have on my website, www.eva.fit. Be sure to take a minute to head on over there and either grab my free EFT for weight loss video or take my weight loss quiz to help you figure out what steps you need to take to kickstart your journey. This puts you on my email list and I'm always sending my email list exclusive goodies like meal plans, promo codes, tips, and hacks. Lots of good stuff. So head on over to www.eva.fit. On today's episode, I have a very special treat for you, my friend. I have my very first guest on the Uncomplicating Weight Loss podcast. Today's guest is none other than Martine Williams. Martine is a mompreneur life coach on a mission to help mompreneurs burnout proof their life and business. She teaches women how to stop people pleasing and start focusing on what matters the most so that they can build successful businesses without hustling 24-7 and losing themselves in the process. Martine is the host of the Mompreneur Life Remix podcast, where she shares her best tips and tricks. Her podcast is a one-stop shop for inspiration, success tips, and life hacks to inspire you to be your greatest self. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about boundaries, burnout, priorities, and mom guilt. Martine, welcome to the show. Let's start with you telling us a little about you and how you became a mompreneur. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to to be on the show and and share with your audience. So my name is Martine Williams, and I am a um, life coach for mompreneurs. I have two boys. Uh, Lucas is 16 and Nash is 13, getting ready to be 17 and 14. So we're in that Mm -hmm. teen stage. My husband and I have been married for 21 years, and I have been a mompreneur for 15 years. So I've been in the direct sale industry for 15 years. And then the last three years, you know, I just started to see women who, who were have walked through similar struggles or just had the same look on their face that I had that kind of inspired my coaching business um, about four to five years ago. And I, I just really felt on my heart, there's things that I have learned as a mompreneur, things I've done really well and some things that I've not done so well. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to be able to coach women through that and help them to see that they can be both. And you don't have to choose to be a mom or a successful business owner. You can be both and you can be great at both. It's just going to take, you know, a sitting down and slowing down and figuring out what exactly you want, how you want to show up and how you want to be remembered in both of those roles and and really all the other roles that we wear as women, but those specifically are the ones that I really feel called to to serve. Tell us a little bit more about your journey, kind of like what what has worked and what hasn't worked and and, and kind of what your approach was on figuring this whole thing out as an entrepreneur. So there's really two parts to my story. The first was really back in, right after my husband and I got married and I always like, 
if you, you don't know me, but for those of you that are going to get to know me, my brain is 90% lyrics. And so I can hear a song in every conversation that I have. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. And I just remember being, you know, um, a small town girl in a lonely world. My husband had lots of hobbies. He loved to golf. He loved to fish. He loved to hunt. He had lots of um, friends that were still in the area and I didn't. And so when we got married, you know, I kind of had this vision of what this marriage was going to look like. And he was going to sweep me on my feet and the white picket fence and all of that. And that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. And he was still a very independent man. And I was borderline codependent on him. I expected all of my happiness and all of my joy to come from him. And it wasn't until our first was, was born. And again, I thought, well, maybe this will change him. Maybe having a child will change him and get him to spend more time with me. And and I just expected him to spend 24-7 with me. And that didn't change once we had Lucas. And I remember talking to a friend on the phone. She was actually a mentor of mine. And, and she still is to this day. And I was telling him, like, he's gone again. He went hunting. And I cannot believe he's left us again on a weekend. And she said to me, Martine, he is not wrong. You need to find something to do. And it was silent for about five minutes because I was like, now, wait a minute you're supposed to agree with me. Like girls are supposed <laughs> to stick together here. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. But that was one of the most profound statements that anyone has spoken over my life because it was the hard truth that I needed to hear mm -hmm. to realize that he was not doing anything wrong just because he had hobbies and he had things that he enjoyed to do on his own. Didn't mean that he was wrong for doing them. I was wrong for judging. I was wrong for making him feel guilty. And so that was kind of the catalyst for looking for something. Now, I was not looking for business. I was not looking for another business opportunity. I was working in cardiac rehab at our local hospital. I'm an exercise physiologist. That's actually what I went to school to do. And mm -hmm. I can probably say I did it for seven years <laughs> before <laughs> I just stepped into entrepreneurship. But um, I wasn't looking for a business opportunity, but it presented itself. And so I jumped in with both feet in this opportunity because I saw it as a way for me to have something just for me. Mm -hmm. I could be just Martine. I wasn't Martine, the mom, Martine, the wife, you know, I could just be me. And it was a fun way for me to connect with other women. Because if you remember, that's part of my story. My friends didn't live here. They went off to college and didn't move back to back to our area. And so I was missing that connection. Right. And so he, I mean, he was like, go, you know, like this, <laughs> this is going to be good, like go enjoy. And, and uh, it grew really fast. I would say in the first five years, I mean, just just skyrocketed. And my personality is all in. I'm a worker. I'm not afraid to work hard. I was born and raised that way. One of my favorite qualities my parents taught me was to earn it. Don't expect anything to be given to you, earn it. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of has a double-edged sword, which leads to the second part of my story. When I was preparing for a training to give a group of women uh, leaders. And I was sitting on the couch and I was reading Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles. If you have not read that, it's a great book. Love it's it. really thick. So don't get intimidated by it. <laughs> you can read as much as you want or as little as you want. You don't even have to read it in, you know, chronological order. Just mm -hmm. look at the title and jump in. Yes. But one of the things in there was he had a set goals for the 10 key areas of your life mm -hmm. for the next year. And so I was going down, I'm like, I'm going to go through this first so I can teach it to my team. And so I'm going down and I kept skipping over this one section and I, you know, I could make it for finances. I could make goals for my health. I could make goals for our family and things like that. But the one thing that I kept skipping over that was just blank was hobby and recreation. 
And I remember sitting on the couch, literally like it was yesterday. And I looked over at my husband with tears in my eyes. And I, I looked at him, and I said, how is it that I can't think of one thing, not one thing that I would like to do for myself for hobby and re- recreation? Like, I can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. Like, how have I gotten to this place where I've lost myself in the process and the pursuit of success? Mm. And it was a huge eye opener. And at the time, I didn't know it would grow into what it is today. I just knew that I had to pause and figure out why that was happening at that perfect time and what I was going to do with that information. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, there's a lot more to that story, but that's kind of part one. The first one was, you know, really just my identity being all wrapped up in my husband and expecting so much from him and then finding success and then my identity kind of getting wrapped up up in that and, and really sacrificing myself and my health and my happiness in pursuit of being, you know, at the top and, and having that success that I, I wanted so much. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that, you know, I think that's so common for women, right? Because we tend to lose ourselves in our identity of like, I'm a mom, mm-hmm. I'm an executive, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a wife. And then next thing you know, you realize, wait, what about me? Right. right. What, what, what happens? Like what, what happened to, to what I wanted to do? So talk to us a little bit more about that, that whole, I guess, realization for you when you had that moment of just like, oh my gosh, like what do I do for fun and, and for a recreation? What did that look like? How long did that process take for you? And, and what, where did you come up with after the fact? Uh, well, I re- I'm a, I'm a reader. So I, I love to, to read books and listen to podcasts. I feel like I've been mentored and coached three podcasts for years. And so kudos to all of you that are listening to podcasts because it's free content, people. Yes. And it's free coaching. But, you know, for me, it was really getting clear on what it is that I really wanted. What did I want for my business? Like where I was at, was it worth what I had risked? And, mm-hmm. you know, I just realized that I needed to think back to, I tell women all the time when they're like, I don't really know what I'd want for a hobby. And, you know, I'm really okay without a hobby or where would I even start? Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to go back to like, what are some of the things you enjoyed as a kid? Yeah. You know, and I'll never forget being when I was kind of going through this and I I was going to an event I was staying in the room with three other ladies and I love music. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls is the same way. And I love 80s and 90s, like hip hop (laughs) music is is my jam. Mm -hmm. And she just turned on this music while she was getting ready. And she was just singing and dancing. And I thought I used to do that. Mm. But I stopped doing that and started listening to podcasts and books on audio. And that was all I did was, you know, try to be the successful leader and learn, 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 learn. And there was no room for fun, mm. no room for fun. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if people saw from the outside, they wouldn't have noticed it yeah. because they still saw me. I was still happy and I was still, you know, doing the thing. But I knew inside there was pieces that were dead. I mean, I just was not allowing for any fun. So just simple things like that. I started to notice, like I used to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to listen to fun music while I was getting ready. I used to exercise with loud music and not listen to books. Like I was in such a learning mode. Mm-hmm. And that was where I just found all my identity was to be that expert, right? I had to be the expert for everyone else. And so there was, there was no room for fun. Mm-hmm. Plus I was being a mom, you know, and so I was, I mean, I had littles, So my identity was wrapped up all in, in being that mom and being there for them. And, and that's what I see now more than anything is the sacrifice we make of ourselves Mm -hmm. on the altar of success and 
our kids, putting everyone before us. And, and that's what I had realized for five years, maybe longer. I had put so much focus on other people because I am a giver. I do love to encourage. I do love to empower. I love to help people that I realized I'd put myself, my, I wasn't even on the burner at all. I mean, mm. I was just not even, not even on, on the plate. Yeah. And so you get to that point, which, you know, similar to kind of your story, you kind of hit a rock bottom and you realize you're sitting on the couch. You don't even know who you are. You look in the mirror, you can't even recognize her. Yes. And that's kind of where I had gotten to. And, and that gets your attention. Right. Yeah. So for anyone that's listening, that's, that's maybe feeling this way where it's like, gosh, like I used to have fun or I used to do this and now I'm just, this is my identity. And I, I can relate so much to everything you're saying because I, when I rediscovered singing and dancing a few years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, this was my happy place. And I, mm -hmm. I got so caught up in just being strong and being a mom and just surviving and just making moves that I forgot that I was three years old when I fell in love with music. And, right. and, and it takes me back to that place when I do listen to certain songs, when I do go out dancing, when I do perform that, wait, I am also multifaceted. I'm not just Christian's mom. I'm not just a mompreneur and a corporate executive. I'm not just these things. I'm a lot, I'm all the things and it's okay. So for anyone that might be listening, what would your maybe a word of advice be to just allow yourself to have the permission to, to explore the different sides of you and that it's okay to be this and that as well? Yeah, I think you just have to really, you have to slow down to speed up. Mm. That's number one. We, you know, we, we tend to com compare and despair yes. and we know that's the, you know, the thief of joy is comparison, but yes. we don't, this is the work that most people do, don't do. We don't slow down long enough to figure out what it is that we truly want, what truly matters to us, what's truly important to us, what truly brings us joy. We just see what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is doing, to be frank, is a hamster wheel and they're just mm -hmm. running, 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 running. And I don't know if you know, hamsters have a very short lifespan for that reason that they mm -hmm. run and they run and they run and they run. Mm -hmm. And then you, you get somewhere that you didn't really want to be yeah. and you become somebody that you didn't really want to become. So you have to sit down and really think about, ask yourself the hard questions. Is this getting me closer to my goals on the person that I want to be? And I, I remember when I was really fighting off some mom guilt as I was working through this and I called a friend and, and she said, what is the perfect woman look like to you? Mm -hmm. And at first we're both, we were both like, well, perfect woman doesn't exist, but what <laughs> is the woman you're trying to be? What does she even look like? And I couldn't really define it. And so here I am striving to be somebody. I haven't even fully defined what she even looks like. Right. What's she doing? Who's she hanging out with? What books is she reading? What movies is she watching? What, are she, what is she doing for hobby? And is she doing anything? Or is her life so wrapped up in her family and her work that she's not even really there? Yeah. So I, that's the most important thing is really just slow down, put pen to paper and really start asking yourself some hard questions. Are you doing what you're doing right now because you've always done it? Because it's habit, because someone else is expecting it of you? Or is it something that really is fueling you and filling yeah. your cup? Yeah. Now, laundry does not fill my cup. And it's something that I have to do every <laughs> single day. So let's just be honest. There's going to be some things. But if you were to take what you're doing and then on another part of the paper, if you drew a line in the paper and on one side, you put everything you're doing. And on the other side, you put the things that bring you joy. And then you compare. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think you'll find there needs to be some adjustments mm-hmm. because you're doing a lot of things because you've always done them or because you see Susie Q is doing that and that's what's right for her. And maybe you should be doing what she's doing because she looks so happy. She's really probably not as happy as she looks, mm-hmm. but we do those things and we don't ever slow down and really think about this is really important to me. Is it really important to my family? And I can remember sitting down with my kids and asking them, is it important that we have a home cooked meal every hour on the table mm. or is it just, imp- or, and that I cook it <laughs> or is it important to you that we just get around the table? Because I was putting a lot of pressure on myself again, to show up as someone that's, that I saw other moms doing, but I don't really enjoy cooking mm-hmm. and they didn't really care if I cooked. Right. They just wanted us to be together. Is it important that I'm at every practice and every game or do you just need me at every game? Mm-hmm. See, when we try to do it all and be all things to all people, that's when we lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of the, out of 10, it's us putting that pressure on ourselves, not someone else putting it on us. Right. We're our worst critic. Yeah. So we got to learn to turn that inner critic into an inner coach by slowing down and really figuring out, okay, where do I want to play and how can I play to my strengths? Mm. That is so good. And I love that you brought up, I've been wanting to talk about mom guilt for so long on the <laughs> show. Because it's something that, you know, we don't want to really address sometimes, but it's just like, oh, I'm feeling all these things. And it's like, I want to do everything for everyone. And in the midst of that, someone gets forgotten. It's usually us, right? It's usually our needs, right? But talk, talk to us a little bit more about maybe like your best tips for overcoming mom guilt and to, to really just, you know, address it head on and let's deal with it and let's move on so that we don't have that kind of like in the back of our mind, like, Oh, I'm just not quite doing enough. Like what, what would you say would be like the, the where to start with addressing that? I think most mom guilt is it's um I'm trying to think of the word now. It just totally left me. But number one for me, it was creating like an evidence Mm. So if you will, so whether that's on, you want to keep a little folder on social media or on your calendar, like for me to really see, like I did spend time with the kids mm-hmm. so I can go work and I don't have to feel guilty that I'm working or I did have my date night with my husband or I did, you know, these things. So just having kind of a, an evidence booklet, because that's what happens is our mind gets in there and tries to tell us, well, you didn't do that. <laughs> you don't deserve to do this, mm-hmm. right? You should feel guilty that you're, you're working because you didn't spend enough time with your kids. And we don't even realize kind of like when you're tracking your nutrition, you don't realize what's going in until you track it and you look mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. And same thing with, for me, for guilt, it was, I had this story on repeat that I wasn't doing enough. And so I didn't deserve to go have a date, go have, you know, a lunch with friends, or I didn't deserve to be able to take that time to work my business. And so it's just having that evidence in your calendar. And again, if you're an electronic person, you can just have a little notes app if you want to just to say, okay, I played a board game with my kids or and, and really that conversation that I had with my kids was a huge guilt release mm-hmm. because again, I was putting that weight on myself that they could care less about <laughs> half the things that I was worried about. Right. So, you know, that was, that was definitely part of the process. And then writing down the areas and the places where I was showing up and I was doing the things I wasn't being perfect, but I was spending the time on those things that were important to me. And that gave me the freedom to go and do these other things and not even really permission. I guess it's kind of a permission slip, but that really helped me. And then 
after a while, I realized that I just had misplaced guilt. Like there was just no place for it. It was coming from nowhere. Mm-hmm. There was no evidence really to base why I should feel guilty because now I have evidence that I've done those things, mm-hmm. you know, and I can go and spend, but I, you know, I don't think there's ever really a way to completely defeat guilt. I think it, it comes and goes depending on the seasons of life that you're in. For me, it's catching that thought quicker mm-hmm. each time and to be able to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times guilt is just a perceived thought. Like mm-hmm. you think that you're doing something that you shouldn't, but when you go back to facts and yeah. kind of remove some of the emotion of it, and then you realize, oh, no, I did all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm cool now. I, I can yeah. go. So we're just so busy. We don't even take the time to do that inventory. But that that's what's helped me the most is having honest conversations with the people who matter most to find out what's truly important to them. Mm-hmm. And communicating to them what's important to me. So we're kind of on the same page. And then really just until you kind of get your brain out of that guilt loop, making that evidence. So you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah, I love that because I, I'm always talking on my show about like keeping track of your data. Like what are mm-hmm. the facts? Exactly. Like, is this a story you're telling yourself or is mm-hmm. this really a fact that we can, you know, prove in the court of law, right? And right. oftentimes it's like when those guilt and shame and those emotions start to creep up, it's really easy to be like, see, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do this. And then, yeah, you're finding evidence to prove all of these things that don't feel great at all, right? Versus same thing with just like writing things down. Like I made it to the game on time, you know, and, or I did Mm -hmm. this, this is what my child asked me for. And I was able to do it. Will we always hit the mark? No, but if we're starting to kind of keep track of all of our wins, I always say, keep track of your wins, celebrate your wins. It's the small things. Then that also helps you to re like rewire your brain to stop looking for all of the things that we didn't do all the way, right? And now you're seeing evidence of, wait, no, I did all of these things and I should be proud of myself. Right. I did all of these things and, and it's okay if I didn't get everything on my list done, but I got mm-hmm. some of it and it's giving ourselves that grace that I think as busy moms, sometimes it's just like, who has time for the grace? But it's like, no, <laughs> as you said, you got to slow down to speed up. And I think that can be really hard for like very high achieving women, right? Where it's like, I got to go, 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 go. What would you say as far as like figuring out how to balance priorities and boundaries and, and how to avoid burnout, which I think is a really big thing for, for especially for busy mompreneurs? It is, you know, I, I was uh, talking with a friend the other day about, about burnout and how, you know, a lot of times we associate burnout with doing too much. And I really think part of burnout is doing too little of what makes you feel alive mm-hmm. and what brings you joy and, and what's really important to you. And so you do just have to kind of sit down and I feel like I'm repeating myself with this, but this is what I want everybody to know because this is what we don't do. We just keep bulldozing through life and expecting things to change, but Mm -hmm. really figuring out, you know, what are your key priorities right now? Mm -hmm. They could change. Yeah. You know, right now, maybe you're in a final financial situation and that's really bugging you out right now. And that's really robbing you of your peace and your contentment. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to figure out a way to, work on your finances. So, you know, I talk a lot about harmony versus balance because I think balance is a trap. We can't, that's just not like perfection. It's not going to happen, but you can have harmony between the two, the two things. You can find that harmony between being a mom, being a wife and being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And it, it comes down to figuring out what are your priorities right now in this season? 
And if something happens and your child is sick, then you have to shift your priorities, right? It's not always going to be, you're going to be able to spend 50% on your time with your family Mm -hmm. and 50% of the time on your business. Mm -hmm. There are times in your business where things have to ramp up a little bit. And when you think about a, uh, an orchestra or a symphony, they have different instruments playing, right? Some are really small and soft. Some are really loud and big but they all harmonize together. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be times where you have to play your business a little bit louder and where you're going to have to play your family time a little bit louder. But none of that's possible until you really sit down and say, okay, what is priority right now in this season for my family? To put the blinders up. Don't look at what everybody else is doing. Have those key conversations with your family. Don't be afraid of that communication. And even with your kids, don't be afraid to sit down and say, okay, as we go into this new year, like." What are some key things that we want to be able to do as a family? You know, what do we want our week to look like? What do we want our day to look like? It's not going to be perfect, but what are the key things we can all work together as a team on this? Mm -hmm. And now if you have littles, you're not going to be able to have that conversation (laughs) quite yet. But we started these conversations with our kids when, you know, they were, I don't know, eight or nine. I mean, if they can run an iPad, they can have this conversation. Just saying, yes. they can also push a broom. So. <laughs> True. So for those of you that are trying to do it all, you may have some free help right there in your home mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to to ask for that help. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's that's kind of where I feel like the burnout comes from not being crystal clear on what you want, but more importantly, why you want it. Mm-hmm. So we can say, I want to have uh, peace in my life, or I want to have extra income, or I want to have this dress size or whatever. But why do you want that? Mm-hmm. Get to the feelings and the root of it. Because if you're going to create change in 2022, it's, you're going to come to bumps in the road, you're going to want to go back to your old mindsets, your old beliefs, your own, your old ways of, of being. Mm-hmm. And you're going to really need to know that in my soul, I know this is why I'm making these choices. This is why my family is choosing to do this or why we're choosing not to do that. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And I totally agree. I love the the analogy of it being a harmony versus trying to find balance. But I think we're often looking for like, okay, where do I find work-life balance? Where do Mm -hmm. I find, you know, and it's like, it doesn't really exist because there will always be times when you have to make adjustments and you have to shift priorities or something happens or, you know, life happens and you have to pivot. And then if we're so stuck on, no, because this is what I wrote down <laughs> and it has to happen this way. It's like, no, that's actually not how life works. Um, right, right, <laughs> life right, has its yeah. way of doing things. So we need that level of flexibility and we need to also be just very fully aware that there will be times when, you know, this side of the orchestra is louder than this side. It's because right. it's, their t- it's their time to shine. And, right. and so I, I just, I've never thought of it that way, but now I'm, I'm always going to say this because I'm like, oh, it's, it's harmony. <laughs> because it's a beautiful melody, isn't it? Yes. And they're all playing at different strengths. And yes. so it's when you can realize that, you know, there are going to be seasons where certain priorities are going to have to speak louder than others. Mm-hmm. And, but if you're constantly trying to like, okay, well, this one's got to be louder, but now I got to make this one louder. That's where burnout happens. Yes. You have to be able to realize that I'm going to have to let something go off my plate for this mm-hmm. season. You know, I, I think of our plates right now and some of our plates are overflowing. They have mm-hmm. good and bad, but they're still overflowing, right? There are some of us who have a plate that is full of fruits and vegetables and all the healthy things, Mm -hmm. but it's still overflowing and it's super heavy. Yeah. And so they're both heavy, 
And eventually what happens is you get tired of holding that plate and you just let it down. You just put it down. You put down your marriage, you put down your parenting, you put down your business, you give up on that dream, you give up on everything because you're just too, you're tired of holding it all. Right. Instead of just looking at your plate and portion control and realizing, okay, right now I need to have this on my plate. So that means I'm going to have to take this off. I'm going to have to say no to that. And that is a huge piece of why burnout is so, especially among women and mompreneurs, is we just don't like to say no. We're afraid mm-hmm. to say no. We're afraid we're going to be that mean person. We're afraid people are going to look at us different. And some will. But you know what? If you know in your heart, that this is what's priority for you right now, this is what matters most to you right now in this season, then you can say no with confidence. And whenever they respond, you're not responsible for that because it's not their life. Mm -hmm. You only have one life to live Mm -hmm. and you don't need to be living it burnout because that's not fun. So we have to learn to be able to say no firmly. And that's a big, big piece of it. And I, I had to learn that you know, it's people say, well, how do you do that? I'm like, it's just a skill that you learn to do. And mm-hmm. and the more you say no, the easier it gets. And the more you realize, like, I'm not really being mean. I just, you know, if I'm trying to stick to my diet and the, the waitress asks me if I want to have chocolate cake, I tell her, no, I'm not being mean to her. Mm-hmm. I'm not rejecting her. I'm just trying to stick to my my diet, right? Mm-hmm. So different when a friend calls you and says, hey, we're gonna, girls are going to go out on Friday night. Do you want to go? but Friday night is day night every night for you and your husband. Mm -hmm. You're not rejecting them. You'll do it a different night, but this is priority for you right now because your marriage needs work. Mm -hmm. So it's just really, but none of that can happen if you haven't gotten really clear on the, you know, asking yourself those questions, like what's your mindset going to be? What changes need to happen? What time frame do you want to give yourself when it comes to these changes? None of that's going to, you're not going to be able to say no with ease and comfort if you still don't know what it is you want, right? you're just kind of grasping, right? At straws and comparing, well, that works for her. She's still doing Christmas cards. I gave up Christmas cards probably (laughs) six years ago because (laughs) it was just one of those things. I was like, this is not fun for me. I don't love it. Some people love getting their address book out and they love the family cards and all that. And I used to, Mm -hmm. but it just stopped bringing me joy. And I'm like, something's got to give. And I just let it go. And you know what? I still get Christmas cards from people, (laughs) not not as many because they're not getting one from me. But at the end of the day, I just had to let go of that was the thing that moms did. You know, it just didn't work for me anymore. So guilt for you. Let let it go, sister. If that's you, here's your permission. You don't have your social media now. You didn't just post a picture of your family and there you go. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Exactly. And I think what, you know, what's what's so, so important because you said this, it's and I see this often as well. When it comes to boundaries and when it comes to saying no, some people think that saying no is either mean or it's like, oh, well, they're not going to like me anymore mm-hmm. if I say no or they're going to think I'm rejecting them. And I always say, you don't have to be a jerk when you say no to someone. No, like, you right. know, yeah. It doesn't have to be like, hell no, goodbye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's still, and you can still be kind. You can still, you can say, you know, no, thank you because this is happening. Like there are ways to be very tactful when you are, you know, putting boundaries around your life and your goals and your priorities. Talk to us a little bit more about maybe that for somebody that might struggle with boundaries. I think anyone that's um, a people pleaser, I always find oh, yeah. they, they struggle with boundaries. I am not a people pleaser, but I am quite a shapeshifter. So it's like I can kind of uh, 
become whatever I need to become to get it done. And I, that's something I'm personally working on because it doesn't serve me all the time. It, it, it exhausts me most of the time. And so I, but I do struggle with that because like, I don't want to disappoint, especially the people that I love. Like my son, for example, it's like this past season, he decided he wanted to do two travel baseball teams. And I was like, okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it was a disaster, you know, but it's like, <laughs> but I, I brought it upon myself because I didn't want, I just felt like I didn't want to disappoint him. My mom guilt came into play and all of that. And I'm just like, I want to support his, his baseball dreams. But it was, I was miserable. Right. And again, it's like, for me, it's like, because when I love you, I want to make sure that you're good. I will kind of like, like blur out my boundaries. And I, I also kind of have to work on that. So what would you say to a person like me (laughs) that, that needs to kind of put more, you know, strict boundaries in place in a, in a way that's not, um, that doesn't kind of go back to, Oh, but I'm not, you know, but what if there, what if my son feels like I'm, you know, not putting him Mm -hmm. first? Like, what would you, what what would you say to me? I think number one, as a giver, you have to know your limits because the takers don't have limits. And so you have to realize that you can only give so much and all you can do is all you can do. And that has to be enough. And so you have to define for yourself, like, what is enough, right? Mm -hmm. For you, like, what's your limits? Yeah. And then. You also have to know you're going to disappoint some people like yeah. that's that's life. And they're going to be people, you know, the people who um, get upset when you set boundaries are the ones who are benefiting from you not having any. Yes. And so you have to also know that that's a fact. And and you absolutely can state your boundaries confidently and know you're going to upset some people and and they're going to probably take some time. They're going to go into a little temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. And this could be a grown adult, too. I've had that, mm-hmm. you know, I've had where, <laughs> we, yeah, we really were trying to set some strict boundaries with our kids, especially around the holidays, yeah. because my parents are, are divorced and remarried and my husband's parents were divorced and remarried. Mm-hmm. And all of our grandparents lived here. So the holidays, we had like six and seven different places to go. And which was fine when we didn't have kids. And then, you know, we just set from the very beginning, like, okay, we're going to be going to all the places. But when we have kids, Christmas morning is going to be for our family. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to come over here. You're welcome to come see us. But we are not leaving, taking our kids away from their toys to go drive them all around town to go see everybody. And some were gracious and understood and some were not. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard especially for me, because I'm a people pleaser. I'm recovering people, people pleaser. <laughs> but I knew at that moment that was right for my family. I knew that was the right decision for me and my family and we're the priority, not my extended family, not even you know my, my parents. And so while they were upset, they got over it. Mm-hmm. They really did. And yeah. so it may take some people some time to get over your bat. It may take your son some time for him to fully understand why mom can't be taking you on two different travel ball teams for various reasons. It's expensive. It takes a lot of time. And it may not be the best for him to be that busy. Yeah, exactly. You know? And yeah. so it's just being honest with yourself. It's being honest with the people that matter the most to you. And if they love you, truly love you, they will respect your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, give them some time. Mm-hmm. give them some time and, but stand firm, yeah. stand firm in your boundary. Don't, like you said, you don't need to be mean about it, but respectfully decline anything that doesn't fall within what your priority is. Yeah. And and the cool thing about it is when you start doing that, the people that are used to you being the yes girl, 
yeah, they're going to be upset at first, maybe, especially if you're the one that shows up for all the school stuff and volunteers for everything. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm making some changes. I'm going to start saying no. They might be upset at first, but you know what? It's going to get their attention because it's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And there's probably some situation in their life they need to get some courage to say no to. Yeah. And you're going to give it to them because you're living it out loudly in your own life. Right. And again, there are going to be people that get upset. But at the end of the day, you have to rest your head on your own pillow, mm-hmm. knowing you did your best. You did what was important to you and your family. And you honored your values and your priorities. And if yeah. anybody tries to argue with that, shame on them. Right. They just don't understand, you know. And so we can keep trying to help them understand and still hold firm to your your boundaries. And for some, you just have to let go for a season until they can figure it out. Because it's not your job to change people or convince them. That has to come from within. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So good. So if if you had... One thing that you wish that you knew before you started on your journey, you know, leaving your corporate job, becoming a mompreneur and all the success that you've amassed. What is one thing you wish you would have known that maybe one of our listeners that's like in, in that place where it's like, I want to try something new. I'm just scared. What, what would you say to her? I would say feel the fear and do it anyway. There were so many moments along my journey where I was, af- you know, afraid to talk about my business, where I was afraid to speak at that event, and opp- missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so, it you're 100 percent going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning. 100 percent going to think you should be further along than you than you are. And so, trust the process. Trust yourself. Seek out the 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 guidance of others. If you see someone who's doing and becoming and, and at the level that you want to be at, like don't be afraid to ask for them to mentor you mm-hmm. and to help you because I didn't get where I am in my business alone. Mm-hmm. It took a tribe of women to support me and for me being willing to step out and say, hey, can you help me? But I really just think trust the process and realize that slow progress is still progress. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Oh, Martine, this was so good. So I definitely I'm going to link all of your contact information in my show notes. But before we wrap up, where can my listeners find you just so that they, they hear it from you and also can see it in my show notes? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Instagram at martine31williams. And that's the best, best place. That's where I'm hanging out. You get behind the scenes on my stories. And I'm all about doing some reels right now. So it's, <laughs> it's a fun way to really get to know me and, and anything that I have coming up in the way of you know, trainings and coaching and, and uh, support. So that's the best place to reach me. Amazing. And remind us the name of your podcast because it's amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's called the Mompreneur Life Remixed Podcast. Awesome. This will all be linked in the show notes. And um, Martin, thank you so much for this chat. I, we've been talking for almost two hours because I was <laughs> I was interviewing with you at first and I just, I feel like we're like a kindred spirit. So this yes. was amazing. And I know that my listeners are going to love, love hearing your advice. and. We can definitely put a lot of these things into play, especially as we go into the new year. Priorities, boundaries, avoiding burnout and mom guilt Absolutely. will be very important for all of us. Absolutely. And, and I think if I had to leave you with one statement, I would say that, you know, your business as a mompreneur, your parenting as a, as a mom, your, you know, your marriage, they're only as good as you are. And so by taking the time to figure out your priorities, your boundaries, and to take care of yourself like all of those other things will fall into place. But those things are only as good as you are. So you have to make yourself a priority and not feel guilty about it. 
Yeah. And we're here to support you, right, Eva? We're like, go girl. <laughs> yes. You deserve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Martine, thank you. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. And um, I'll make sure that we link everything in the show notes so that my listeners can also follow you on Instagram and also subscribe to your podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in this week and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. At the end of the day, I want you to feel empowered to know that you can have the health, the body, and the life that you desire. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tag me on Instagram while listening at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you along your journey. I'll talk to you next week.